What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 115, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC fight night going down this Saturday, September 19th, 2020, headlined by Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. This 14-fight card will take place at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, which means it will take place in this small UFC cage. I'm recording this podcast on Friday afternoon and the weigh-ins are over. It seems like everybody made weight. One fight was canceled last night. Wells versus Baeza was that fight. So we're going to be analyzing 14 fights here shortly. But just on a quick betting note, last week was a losing week for us. We lost 5.2 units and it was all really reliant on Angela Hill. I had a three unit bet on her. And if that bet won, it would have been a profitable week. But sadly, the judges disagreed and thought that Michelle Watterson should have won the fight. I scored the fight for Angela Hill as it seems like about 70 to 80 percent of people did. But that's just another example of bad judging in our sport it happens every week and you just got to factor that into your capping and I maybe I went a little bit too heavy on Angela Hill in such a close fight but I was actually able to hedge a lot of that uh, action off and not take too much of a loss on that fight in particular so um, it was a losing week but we're going to try to get back in the profit this week and we got 14 fights to do so so in the first fight of the evening in the flyweight division we have Tyson Nam taking on Jerome Rivera the opening betting line for this one was Nam minus 165 to Rivera plus 125 right now we are seeing Nam minus 185 to Rivera plus 160 more action coming in on Tyson Nam the UFC tested guy I understand why he's coming off of a flashy knockout in 30 seconds in his last fight and even his first two UFC fights even though he lost he fought Sergio Pettis and Kai Car France two tough guys and he looked very respectable in those fights he just didn't really have the volume to win those striking fights but he's a very solid well-rounded fighter he's got a lot of power in his strikes particularly his right hand and he's got solid takedown defense as well if you watch his fights back in M1 Global, you saw that he was a very good defensive wrestler, stopped a lot of takedowns from a lot of different solid fighters. So that's what he's going to have to do here. Jerome Rivera coming into the UFC off a contender series win, and it was widely regarded as another bad decision. I think that almost everybody I saw scored that fight for Rodriguez. I watched that fight over this week. I thought Rodriguez honestly won all three rounds. So that was an awful decision. And even if you look at Rivera's fight before that, he was losing most of that fight. He got taken down when throwing a leg kick and landed in a triangle choke. And he sent that triangle up and got the victory. But he was looking very unimpressive. I mean, he's just a grappler who has pretty average takedowns, not great top control time. And every time he tried to take Rodriguez down, Rodriguez was able to stuff takedowns and even reverse positions and hit his own takedowns at some times. And Rivera had a huge size advantage over Rodriguez in that fight and was just unable to outgrapple him here. So I think that. Tyson Nam is the better striker of the two. I think he doesn't have the greatest volume at times, but I do think he has the power to uh, hit Rivera with some hard shots and likely win the rounds uh, with that power as well. He doesn't really need volume per se to win the rounds. And I just think he has to take down defense to avoid getting taken down and stuck on his back here. So I think this is going to be an easy fight for Nam. I think he stuffs takedowns and outstrikes Rivera. I could see a knockout because Nam does have great power, but I think I'm going to go with the decision as my official prediction. So Tyson Nam is my official pick i would actually cap him closer to minus 300 here so i played tyson nam at minus 170 for two units and i think that even at minus 185 there is some value left the next fight takes place in the bantamweight division we have andre yule taking on erwin rivera the opening betting line for this one was Yule, the minus 160 favorite to Rivera, plus 140. Right now we are seeing Yule minus 220 to Rivera, plus 200. More action coming in on the favorite Andre Yule in this one, and I agree with the action. Yule is the much more proven and skilled fighter in my opinion, and I think that he should just outbox Rivera here. Rivera only has two fights in the UFC. One was a short notice fight against Giga Chikadze where he looked tough. He stuck in that fight for 15 minutes. He ate some really big shots showed a solid chin but ultimately didn't really have any success in that fight and was just kind of fighting to not get finished there 
But in Rivera's most recent fight, he did redeem himself a little bit. He put together a more well-rounded performance. It was a split decision win over Ali Alquazi. He was able to stuff some takedowns in that fight, get off of his back, which he had shown problems with in the past on his regional footage, and was actually able to hit his own takedowns. I think he won round three of that fight, uh, won round one and three of that fight. So he got taken down. I think he lost round two, um, but he still dug deep and came back in round three. So he showed solid cardio. Just a more well-rounded skill set from Rivera in that fight, but sadly, I don't think he showed enough in that fight to think that he can give Yule a competitive fight here. I think that Yule should be the better striker on the feet by a good margin, and even though Yule's takedown defense and grappling is pretty bad, I don't think that Rivera is really a reliable wrestler. I hadn't seen him hit takedowns in any of his regional fights before the Ali Alquazi fight. It was kind of just a more of an opportunistic thing, but... At this current price, I do think it is dog or pass just because Andre Yule has that massive liability of getting taken down and stuck on his back. He's just a, a very bad grappler and really struggles getting off of his back. So anything could happen. A quick takedown, a, a caught kick, a lot of things could go wrong and Yule could be on his back and the round could be over. But I'm still going to be picking Andre Yule to win this fight. I think he gets it done by decision. I don't think he knocks Rivera out. Rivera showed a very solid chin versus Chikadze. So I think Rivera probably gets outstriked a distance by a wide margin. Attempts some takedowns, maybe gets a few, but just doesn't do enough with the takedowns to win the rounds to win the fight so the pick for me is going to be Andre Yule by decision but it's dog or pass at this money line odds the next fight takes place in the bantamweight division we have Randy Costa taking on Journey Newsom. the opening betting line for this one was Costa minus 180 to Newsom plus 155 right now the line has flipped we are now seeing Newsom minus 125 to Costa plus 115 so the line has flipped in this fight. Much more action coming in on Journey Newson. And I was a part of that action. I was able to get 1.5 units on him at plus 155, which I believe to be an amazing price. And it seems like the market agrees. He is now minus 125. So the implied probability has shifted about 10% in Newson's favor. And I think that that's the right side to be on. I think that if you've watched these two in their UFC experience so far, though it's pretty limited, they both only have two fights. Newsom was a decision loss where he was pretty thoroughly beat by Ricardo Ramos, but he was able to stuff some takedowns in that fight. He looked good defending some back takes. He showed a very solid chin, three rounds of cardio, and I think that Newsom showed a lot in that fight despite losing. And then his last fight was against Domingo Plarte, and he scored a quick 30-second knockout, completely floored Plarte with an over hand right so Newsom has a ton of power he's got very fast kicks he's got power in his hands he's a very fast guy hard to out grapple so he's a very tough matchup now getting over to Randy Costa, he came into the UFC extremely inexperienced. He had four quick round one knockouts, had some friends at his gym get him in the UFC, had a first fight against Brandon Davis. He came out really aggressive, was really wild in his striking, had some moments where he hurt Davis, but Davis weathered the storm and started to take down Costa and outgrapple him. And Costa just had a huge cardio dump and was taken down and eventually submitted in round two of that fight. So it seems like Costa has some very good offensive striking, but he kind of struggles with everything else in terms of mixed martial arts skills, takedown defense, submission defense. I don't really think he has great defense or energy usage. I mean, we haven't actually seen him fight the past the six or seven minute mark in his entire career. His last fight against Boston Salmon was a better performance. He looked a little more calculated and measured in that fight, but Salmon, not a good fighter really in my opinion, has some pretty bad defense and Costa took advantage of that but Costa's striking looked solid in that fight he was using a lot of feints to confuse Salmon and his striking looked pretty crisp and he definitely has some power behind his strikes so that can't be ignored but in my opinion the only way that Costa wins this fight is by knocking Newsom out in the first maybe six to seven minutes because his cardio is just so unproven and with the way he fights how aggressive he is at the start and he how he puts 100% power into his strikes at a time I can't see his cardio holding up well deep laid into the fight so the longer this fight goes the more I think the journey Newsom starts to take over I think even in round one it should be very competitive Newsom has solid defensive boxing he comes from a boxing background he has good counter punching ability he has a massive chin on him I mean he ate a spinning elbow from Ricardo Hamos flushed to the chin and barely flinched so the guy can take a shot and I think this is just a very bad matchup for Costa I think that Newsom's going to be counter punching him early I think he's going to be hard to take down you might even see Newsom look to hit takedowns on Costa 
Costa to expose that bad ground game of Costa we, that we've seen in the past. So I'm picking Journey Newsom in this fight. I think he gets it done by knockout. I'm going to go with a round two knockout as my official prediction. And I think a pretty safe way to play this fight is Newsom money line and Costa round one knockout. I think it's pretty un- unlikely that Costa wins anyway besides that early knockout. And I think that Newsom can win this fight in a lot of different ways by submission, knockout at any time, or even by decision if it goes there. I, I trust his volume and his cardio more in those later rounds. So the pick for me is going to be Journey Newsom by round two knockout. I I played him at plus 155 and even at minus 125 i think there's some value left and i advise playing this fight newsome money line and cost around one knockout the next fight takes place in the women's bantamweight division we have jessica rose clark taking on sarah alpar the opening betting line for this one was rose clark minus 172 alpar plus 145 right now we are seeing rose clark minus 215 to alpar plus 195 much more action coming in on the favorite Jessica Rose Clark, and I agree with that action. And I think that even at the current price, there is some value left on Jessica Rose Clark because Sarah Alpar is making her UFC debut here, and I'm just extremely underwhelmed with what I've seen from her on tape. I mean, her striking is very wild and uncoordinated. She likes to throw big, long combinations with no defense, and I've seen her get dropped from punches by other female opponents several times in her fights, and that's just not a good sign. And it seems like like she's only really good and, and safe as a fighter when she's hitting takedowns and keeping top position but i'm underwhelmed with her takedowns i'm very underwhelmed with her top position game i don't think she has the wrestling or the top control to take down and hold down jessica rose clark here and i was actually pretty impressed with jessica rose clark when re-watching some of her fights she's a skilled striker she's been working at the csa gym improve, improving her boxing and i think it showed in that fight against pandy kianzad although she was outboxing most of that fight kianzad is a good fighter and that was rose clark's first fight at 135 and rose clark just is a solid grappler i didn't remember this about her but she took down Paige van zandt she was able to reverse position from bottom keep top position attempt some takedowns uh, attempt submissions I mean she did it all in that fight and she attempts uh, submissions as well she was going for the head and arm choke versus uh, Beck Rawlings and it seems like she's a much better grappler than Sarah Alpar on the ground so I expect Jessica Rose Clark to win this fight everywhere I think she outboxes Alpar on the feet exploits that terrible boxing defense of Alpar I mean maybe Alpar can uh, bum rush Clark on the feet and land some strikes because she just throws a ton of a volume and is very aggressive but i think i trust the defense of clark to avoid that look to mix in takedowns when alpar is rushing her and likely keep top position and probably submit alpar somewhere along the way so i'm actually gonna go with jessica rose clark submission as my official prediction i was able to bet a half a unit on clark by submission at plus 700 on fanduel earlier and it's still a plus 625 on some books like five dimes so i think that's great value i think that this fight is just going to end up on the ground with the way that alpar's style is she's just so sloppy on the feet i can't see this fight staying on the feet the entire time and i think that once he hits the floor we will see rose clark out grapple and keep top position and i think there's a good chance we see she uh, alpar gets submitted here so the pick for me is going to be jessica rose clark by round two submission i think there's value on her money line i think there's value on her sub line even her inside the distance line because a knockout is possible on the ground i just think that jessica rose clark is massive value i would cap her closer to 80 percent here so the pick once again is Rose Clark round two submission and even at minus 215 there's some value left on Rose Clark money line. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Derek Minner taking on TJ Laramie. The opening betting line for this fight was Laramie minus 225 to Minner plus 190. Right now we are seeing Laramie minus 305 to Minner plus 275. So much more action coming in on TJ Laramie. And I think I disagree with the action. I agree with the opening price where Laramie was at, but where it's at now, minus 300, I do not agree with that. I just think that Laramie's getting a bit overrated here. I think he's very untested. He got a pretty easy victory on the contender series. He was able to take down and land good ground and pound on Daniel Swain, avoided a lot of submissions from top position there, and was actually able to make Daniel Swain quit on the stool in that fight. Swain didn't even come out for round two, so that was an impressive finish, but his fights before that I thought were a little unimpressive. I thought his striking was rather basic. I just didn't really see much to comment on in his striking. It just seems like some rather basic orthodox boxing from him. 
Laramie's two most recent losses both came by knockout from Alex Morgan. He fought him twice and lost by knockout both times. I don't think he has to worry about his striking defense or, or chin too much here because Minner is not much of a striker. He has dropped opponents like Kevin Kroon before, but he's primarily a grappler. Minner is a very aggressive guy early, goes looking for those takedowns, looking for that early submission and finish pretty much every time. And when the fight gets out of round two and three, he does not do well. He tends to slow down a lot in his later fights, but you can rely on him to come out aggressive in round one. And that's why I think that Minner is the value side here because I think this fight is going to be a lot closer in round one than 75% for TJ Laramie. I think that Minner is going to give Laramie a tough fight. He's going to attempt takedowns. Laramie is going to have to defend those takedowns. Might spend some time on his back. I think we see some competitive grappling exchanges in round one. And honestly, on the feet, I don't know who to give an advantage to. I think I would give a slight advantage to Laramie, but I'm not really sure because we haven't really seen these guys strike too much. Both of them are much more comfortable as grapplers, and I think they're striking is kind of basic intentionally just to set up their uh, their grappling eventually so i'm really interested to see how these two match up on the ground i do think that laramie has the advantage because he can avoid submissions from top he has solid cardio that he can go the full three rounds and i think that he does take over this fight late and probably win by either round two or three stoppage or uh rather dominant decision where he wins round two and three clearly but in round one i expect minner to come out to make it a close fight and to look a lot better than a plus 275 underdog so i don't knock a play on minner pre-fight money line i haven't made any bets on this fight so far the bets i have made are laramie by round two and three submission there's some really juicy odds on that i think the fight ends up going to the floor in those later rounds and we could see laramie get a finish by tko or by submission honestly and another prop for this fight i think is minner round one. If you think that Minner's going to win their fight, it's probably going to be round by round one finish. That is how most of his wins come by. So Minner round one plus 1,000. There's a lot of a lot of value on that fight. So tough fight to predict from the money line perspective. I think it's dog or pass. I do think Laramie takes over the fight later, but I think uh, Laramie might be a better live betting spot than uh, a pre-fight spot at this current money line. So if Minner starts the fight early, uh, starts looking good in those first round, uh, look to live bet Laramie because you might get him at a good price because he should take over late. Pick for me is going to be TJ Laramie by round three submission. And I think that it's dog or pass. And I like a lot of props in this fight. So check out my official bet MMA page, which I will track all my official bets over there. The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Maria Bueno Silva taking on Mara Romero Barella. The opening betting line for this one was Silva, the minus 330 favorite to Barella plus 270. Right now we are seeing Silva minus 250 to Barella plus 230. More action coming in on Mauro Romero Barella in this one, and I agree with that action. I think most of it stems from Bueno Silva's takedown defense, and she really has trouble stuffing takedowns and getting off her back. Jillian Robertson was able to take her down, pass her guard. Bueno Silva stood up briefly but was dragged back down. It looked like Robertson was running away with the fight and going to win via top position. But then Bueno Silva threw up an armbar off of her back and was able to submit Robertson with that armbar. Very impressive submission off of her back there but not the most reliable. And I think her takedown defense is still pretty weak. And that showed in the Mary Moraz fight. She got some kicks caught in that fight, got taken down, was stuck on her back for a few minutes of that fight, was taken down again in round two and stuck on her back for a few more minutes. So she definitely lost round one and two of that fight versus Mirage, but she dug deep in round three, had some good cardio, was aggressive, was walking Mirage down, and landed some big strikes. She landed a lot of damage, big punches, and cut Mar uh, Mirage up by round three. So even if Bueno Silva is losing the fight, she's getting out grappled early. She has decent cardio to go in those later rounds, and she's still a threat in round three. And that's big here because Barella's last fight against uh, Mara, no, it wasn't her last fight. It was against uh, Montana De La Rosa. Man, these women have some long names. But in that fight, Montana De La Rosa was able to drop Barella with a right hand in round three of that fight. And De La Rosa is not a good striker at all and was still able to drop Barella. So the way I see this fight going is Barella should attempt takedowns early. She just does not throw enough volume on the feet to be competitive here. And I think that Bueno Silva is the much better striker. So I expect Barella to attempt takedowns and probably get takedowns early. So as a pre-fight side in this one, I like Barella. I think it's dog or pass in terms of pre-fight money line. 
In round one, I think Barella comes out and hits takedowns. She doesn't really do much with takedowns and actually got submitted from top position by an armbar from Courtney Casey in her last fight. Very embarrassing loss for Barella. But she attempted takedowns early in that fight. She went in with the right game plan. And I think if she does that here, she probably hits takedowns and has a good chance of winning round one versus Bueno Silva here. And I think you'll get a good chance to bet Bueno Silva as maybe a, a near pick or maybe even an underdog after she starts losing and getting takedowns down here so there's a slight chance that Bueno Silva just starts outstriking Barella from the jump and doesn't even allow Barella to get takedowns and probably dominates Barella maybe even scoring a knockout somewhere along the lines because Barella is chinny she doesn't have good defense and Bueno Silva hits very hard and late into the fight too so a knockout from Bueno Silva is very possible here if Barella does not hit those takedowns but in terms of official prediction for me I think I'm going to go with uh, bueno Silva to win a decision. I think she gets taken down and loses round one, but starts to stuff takedowns and wins the striking on volume and damage in rounds two and three with a knockout being possible here because Bueno Silva does hit that hard. So last time I checked, the Bueno Silva knockout prop was at plus like 900 and it's now at plus 650. So if anybody got in on that plus 900, that seems like a good bet. I don't remember if I did or not. I made a lot of prop bets early in the week, but I think that's a, a good chance of hitting for a plus 900 prop. So pre-fight, it is dogger pass. Look to live bet Bueno Silva after she loses round one here, and the pick is going to be Bueno Silva by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Mursad Bektik taking on Damon Jackson. There is no opening betting line for this fight because it was just announced last night. Bektik was supposed to face Eduardo Garagori. Garagori fell out of the fight and they're bringing Jackson in on short notice. Jackson fought in the UFC several years ago but was cut. Won a lot of fights in LFA. Picked up a nice amount of wins and is back in the UFC here. Seems like he deserves another chance. He did beat a lot of good guys in LFA but... I don't think he has much of a chance here against Bektik. Uh, Bektik does seem to possibly be on the decline. He was one of the best featherweights in the world for a while there, but he has lost three of his last five fights, and one of those wins was a split decision as well, so he's definitely slowed down a little bit. I don't think he's slowed to the point where Jackson should beat him. I think that Jackson's best chance of winning the fight is a striking knockout, probably in the early rounds, because Bektik doesn't have the greatest striking defense. He was getting outboxed by Dan Ige last fight. He got knocked out by Josh Emmett in round one of their fight, and his chin just did not look that great in that fight versus Emmett, so it's very possible that we see Jackson come in here just charge at Bektik and look for that early knockout and that's his best chance to win in my opinion. I still trust Bektik enough to think that he passes this test here. I think that he was able to avoid that early storm from Jackson, maybe use his experience and just all his tools on the feet to outstrike Jackson and where the fight should really go in his favor is on the ground because Bektik is a tremendous grappler. He's got tremendous takedown defense. He's good against the cage defending takedowns and that's really where Jackson is at best too. He really is at best when he's mixing in his takedowns with his striking. He took down and submitted a lot of his opponents in LFA and I just don't think he's going to be able to do that here because Bektik's takedown defense is so solid and it's going to be extremely hard for Bektik uh, for Jackson to get Bektik down. On the other hand, if Bektik wants to take down Jackson, I have not seen great takedown defense from Jackson, and Bektik is a tremendous grappler. We saw him take down uh, Dan Ige, keep Ige on the ground, attempt arm triangles, and Ige is not an easy guy to hold down, and Bektik did so and made it look a little easy. So I think that Bektik should hit takedowns here if he wants to. Um, likely will submit Jackson on the ground somewhere along the lines, probably with that arm triangle that he likes going to. And even on the feet, I think that there's a good chance that Bektik outstretches strikes Jackson here and possibly scores a knockout somewhere along the way. So Jackson is coming in here on very short notice. He has a small chance for an early knockout, but outside of that, I do not think he wins this fight. And the pick for me is going to be Mursad Bektik. Uh, let's go with by round three submission. As I mentioned, the opening betting line is not out for this fight, but I do expect it to open about minus 300 for Mursad Bektik and probably gets down to around minus 400 by fight time. But the fact that it's so short notice, I wouldn't be betting this money line at all. If you want to take a small stab at Jackson, I wouldn't knock it at all because these big underdogs have been doing good on short notice uh, very late uh, recently. Kevin Kroom is an example last week. So the pick is Bektik round two submission, but it's uh, going to be a pass in the money line for me. The next fight takes place in the flyweight division. We have Jordan Espinosa taking on David Dvorak. The opening betting line for this one was...
Dvorak, the minus 170 favorite to Espinosa, plus 145. Right now, we are seeing a pick of minus 105 on both sides. So much more action coming in on Jordan Espinosa. And I agree with that action. I think that any plus money on this fight might be a good bet, honestly, because it's a really close matchup. Really looking forward to it. Both of these guys are extremely exciting fighters. And both coming off very good wins in their last fights. Espinosa put on a dominant performance against Mark De La Rosa, was outboxing him at will, hurting him with punches, hitting takedowns, and outgrappling him on the ground. David Dvorak had a very back-and-forth fight with uh, Bruno Silva. Lost round one by getting uh, head-kicked and rocked in that one, but he was defending takedowns in round two, had solid output, very diverse striking, is a solid kicker, good boxing defense. I mean, I'm impressed with Dvorak. I think he is the more well-rounded fighter here just because i think his takedown defense and defensive grappling is a little bit better and we've seen espinosa struggle with the takedowns struggle getting off of his back and we have seen dvorak hit offensive takedowns in the past he's not a reliable wrestler but i think that either one of these guys is live for a takedown at any point because they both like to mix it into their games and i think that the striking is going to be really competitive here i think that i'm going to give a slight advantage to david dvorak because he has more volume i think espinosa is the more powerful striker but dvorak is the more active and possibly accurate striker as well although i was really impressed impressed with Espinosa's boxing in his last fight. He has very sharp hands and when you can keep the fight standing, he, he is lethal, but he tends to struggle with footwork at sometimes. He's not best when he's uh, moving backwards and he can be low output. Like he has a fight with Eric Shelton, very low output fight uh, that he was honestly pretty lucky to win in my opinion. But getting down to how I see this fight going, I do think it goes to the decision. I think it's going to be a very close fight, and I think that David Dvorak is going to win it uh, by just hustling a little bit more. They're going to be close rounds, and I think that Dvorak is just going to do the slightly more to edge those rounds. It's not a confident pick at all, though, because honestly, this fight can go a lot of different ways. With how aggressive these guys are, with how much power they throw in their strikes, and they tend to be a little uh, lack lacking in the defensive category, I think a knockout is possible on either side here. So I think I have a small bet on fight ends by knockout at plus 450. But to be honest, I do think it actually does go to the decision. Um, so the bet might not hit after all, but I think it's going to be a high-paced, high-action fight. And we might see some near finishes at some point. But the pick for me is going to be David Dvorak. I don't see much value in the betting lines at these odds. I think that it's probably favor to pass in this situation because Espinosa was a dog for so long. If you miss that dog money, it probably is just the best to pass at this point. And I just don't see much of an advantage in this fight for either guy. I think it's really 50-50 type of fight. I'm really excited for this fight. It's probably my number one fight I'm looking forward to on the card. And I'm picking David Dvorak to win by decision. But it's not a confident pick. And I probably wouldn't even bet this one pre-fight. Just sit back, enjoy it, maybe bet some props, and look to live bet this one. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Kevin Holland taking on Darren Stewart. The opening betting line for this one was Holland minus 265 to Stewart plus 225. Right now we are seeing Holland minus 250 to Stewart plus 230. So the line is staying just about the same. There is two-way action coming in on this fight. I think the more action is coming in on Kevin Holland though. And I disagree with that action. I think that Stewart is the right side of this fight to be on pre-fight. It's just a much closer matchup than the odds indicate. I think this fight will be close no matter where it goes. Uh, the distance striking and the clinch, even on the ground, I think it'll be close. A lot of my reasoning on thinking it's dog or pass as well is just Holland is such an unreliable fighter. Sometimes, like his past two fights, he's looked aggressive and has had solid volume and got two knockout victories in those fights. But in his previous fights, he showed low volume in his fight against John Phillips. He took his good old time finishing Phillips in that fight. He had a very terrible performance against Gerald Mearshart where he was taken down, stuck on bottom for a lot in that fight, um, was beating Brendan Allen, but went on to lose that fight via rear naked choke. So a very unreliable fighter is Kevin Holland. I just don't think you could be laying that minus 200 talk on Hal Holland versus anybody solid. And that was kind of my reasoning when he was fighting Trevin Giles just a few months back as well. 
So getting down to how I see this fight going, I think the striking will be very competitive. I think Holland will have the better volume, will probably be the more accurate striker, but Stewart is going to be landed in hard counters. I think he's the more powerful striker. And when it comes to grappling, I think that Holland probably does attempt takedowns, but Stewart is not going to be easy to take down. He's not going to be easy to hold down. But I do think if Holland really goes for the takedowns, he shows initiative to wrestle. I do think he will get Stewart down and could get a back take or submission or some dominant position because I do think Holland is the better jujitsu grappler of the two. And if he really attempts those takedowns and goes for it as a game plan, he could outgrapple Stewart here and win this fight. But I just don't trust Holland to do the right thing. I think he can make this fight a lot harder for himself. So that's why I think the pre-fight money line is dog or pass. I do think there is some value on Darren Stewart at these odds. I would cap it closer to 60 to 65% for Kevin Holland, while the odds have him at about 70, 75% right now. So the line is slightly off. I think that Holland ultimately does win by decision here. Um, so I don't have a ton of faith in Stewart. So if you're betting Stewart, I wouldn't go too heavy. But the pick for me is Holland by decision, and it's dog or pass in terms of money line. The next fight takes place in the women's strawweight division. We have Mackenzie Dern taking on Random Marcos. The opening betting line for this one was Dern minus 332, Marcos plus 270. Right now we are seeing Dern minus 162, Marcos plus 150. Much more action coming in on the underdog Random Marcos, and rightfully so. If anybody got in on that Marcos 2-1 to one action, tremendous bet. I bet you will be long-term profitable MMA bettors no matter what. Even if this Marcos bet doesn't work out in this particular case, if you spotted that value on Marcos 2-1, to one, you have a sharp eye for MMA betting and you will win long-term because this is just a much closer matchup than the odds indicate. And I think that you could honestly argue that Marcos could be the favorite here because I don't think that anybody in the, the universe would argue that Dern can win this fight without takedowns. If she doesn't get a takedown and get this fight to the floor, I think she has honestly a 5 to 10% chance of winning because Marco is just a much better striker by a wide margin. I mean, Dern wings wild punches and maybe she wings a crazy hook and catches Marcos in the chin and knocks her down like she did with Amanda Cooper. That's the only chance Dern has to win the striking because Marcos is just a much better striker. She has solid boxing. She's fought and struck with the better competition. Marcos' last fight against Rebos, she was honestly giving Rebos some problems on the feet, was landing some punches, but just ultimately couldn't stop the takedowns of Rebos. And a big concern I do have for Marcos in this fight is the fact that she got taken down by Ashley Yoder a few times. She spent some time on uh, her back versus Yoder, had some sloppy back and forth grappling exchanges with Yoder, who is not a great grappler, but, you know, is a very solid fighter. Yoder gave a tough fight to Dern as well, stuffed a lot of Dern's takedown attempts. So Marcos doesn't have great takedown defense, but I just trust her to, to be the better MMA fighter here. I think she, she's the better striker by a wide margin. I think she has the footwork and the takedown defense to stuff takedowns because Dern's take, takedowns are just so telegraphed and untechnical and even Hannah Cyphers in her last fight was wrecking Mackenzie Dern in the clinch with stuffing takedowns, digging underhooks, landing hard knees and elbows, bullying Mackenzie Dern in the clinch and then Dern jumps on a leg lock guard pole and was able to submit uh, Cyphers with the leg lock but Cyphers is not a good grappler. Marcos is a much better grappler. He's been around wrestling and grappling for 10-15 years and I really trust Marcos to avoid the obvious takedowns of Mackenzie Dern and to stuff takedowns and to outstrike Dern on the feet here so I have some small concerns about Marcos fight IQ sometimes she doesn't make the best decisions in her fights like maybe she'll go for offensive takedowns here and give Dern a chance to work off of her back that would be a bad move so even though Marcos likes going for takedowns in most of her fights I advise her not to do it here keep this fight on the feet use her wrestling in reverse to keep this fight standing and just outbox Dern on the feet and she should have a very easy time doing so so the pick for me is the underdog here random Marcos I think there's value on Marcos money line and there's a lot of value on Marcos by decision because I really don't see Marcos finishing this fight. It's extremely unlikely that she gets a finish here. She just doesn't have power or submission skills to do so. So Mar Marcos at plus 240, incredible value for decision prop. I will be betting her decision and probably her money line as well. So I cap Marcos honestly closer to 55 to 60% here. I think this line is still way off. So I'm going to be riding with and picking my girl Random Marcos to get the job done this weekend. 
The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Johnny Walker taking on Ryan Spann. The opening betting line for this one was Walker, the minus 115 favorite to Spann, minus 105. Right now, we are seeing Walker minus 120 to Spann, plus 110. A little more action coming in on Johnny Walker here, although there is two-way action coming in on this fight. Very close fight, and I understand why the odds are, are this close, but to be honest, I, I favor Ryan Spann here. I think he's the more well-rounded fighter. I think he's got more ways to win. He could catch Walker with a strike on the feet and knock him out. He could look to hit takedowns and exploit that bad takedown defense and defensive grappling of Johnny Walker, and he could use a combination of those two to win this fight via decision. I think he just has way more ways to win. I think the Walker's only chance here is by landing that big shot on the feet, looking for a knockout, looking for an early finish because Walker's fight against Nikita Krylov proved that he's just not a very coordinated fighter. He likes going for those flying knees and those early knockouts, but in terms of boxing defense, he doesn't have much. In terms of takedown defense and footwork and getting off of his back once he gets taken down, he doesn't really have much skill. So in my opinion, Walker is a knockout or bust type of fighter. I don't think he has any other ways to win the fight. He did switch up his training camp and his coaches for this fight, but I just don't think that'll be enough here. And I think that I trust Span a little more everywhere in this fight. And I think that Span attempted takedowns early in his last fight versus Sam Alvey. He attempted like three or four takedowns in round one. That's a great sign for him because if he attempts that, that amount of takedowns in round one here versus Walker, I think Span hits those takedowns, keeps top position, maybe looks to get a submission. Uh, he attempted an arm triangle versus uh, Nog not that long ago. He might even look to get a knockout via ground and pound on the floor. So Span is the better grappler. He's much more dangerous from top position and Walker has a real problem defending takedowns and getting off of his back. So I trust Span to come out here, attempt takedowns and to take the path of least resistance via grappling. But even if Span elects to strike here, I think that he could win this fight on volume. He could catch Walker with a punch kind of like Corey Anderson did. And even on the feet, this is a winnable fight for Ryan Spann. So I've been underwhelmed with Spann in the past, but I think this is a good matchup for him here. Uh, a small chance that Walker catches him with that crazy strike and wins by round one knockout, that flying knee or you know elbow like he hit uh, Roundtree with. He does have a small window to win, but outside of that round one knockout, I think Span takes over the fight, and I'm actually going to go with Span by decision as my official prediction. Although Span by submission is going to be uh, an interesting prop bet because I think that has a great chance of hitting as well. So the pick is Span. He's a good bet as an underdog here, and I'm picking him to win by decision. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Hamzat Chemaev taking on Gerald Mearshart. The opening betting line for this one was Chemaev minus 500 to Mearshart plus 385. Right now we are seeing Chemaev minus 370 to Mearshart plus 330. More action coming in on the underdog Gerald Mearshart in this one. And I agree with that action. I think the line was set a bit too wide, but Ultimately, I do agree that Chemayev will look like that minus 400, minus 500 favorite in the first few minutes of this fight. There are a ton of unknowns about Hamza Chemayev, like his striking defense, his striking at this level at all. I mean, we've seen him outstrike and land a knockout over some lower level fighters, but in terms of UFC level fighters, his striking is completely untested. We haven't seen his cardio tested. He's had extremely easy fights throughout his entire career he just hasn't faced any adversity and we don't know what he looks like in that round two and three when he starts to slow down if he runs out of cardio if he doesn't get that early finish so based on that alone i don't think you can be betting chemayev at minus 300 minus 400 minus 500 it's totally dog or pass in terms of money line for this fight but if i'm being honest i do think that hamza chemayev comes out to an early lead and probably looks minus 500 in the first two to three minutes of this fight. Chemayev comes out extremely aggressively, looks for takedowns almost right away in all of his fights, and Mearshart just doesn't have that good first layer of takedown defense. He often gets taken down. He often gives up the takedown because he's so comfortable with being on bottom, but that's a detriment here because Mearshart doesn't want to let Chemayev get on top. Chemayev has hard ground and pound. He throws a lot of strikes. He's not the best grappler. I think Mearshart is honestly the better grappler, but when Chemayev is mixing in that ground and pound, he is lethal, and I think he does grapple Mearshart here by mixing in that ground and pound, looking to pass guard, looking to get side control or a mount or something. And I think that in the first two or three minutes, we do see Chemayev on top, landing ground and pound and probably winning the fight. 
Now, I don't think that he's going to finish Jamir Short on the ground quickly. I think that if Chamayev finishes the fight, it'll probably be a sustained beating, uh, probably about four to seven minutes through the fight. But I do not think he finishes him in the first few minutes of the fight. I think Mirshart's going to hang in tough. He's going to look to reverse position. And I think there's a great chance that Chamayev goes for that early finish, uses a lot of energy, and then slows down late in this fight because he hasn't been in round three. He hasn't faced adversity. He hasn't faced a guy who wouldn't go away when he uh, gets on top of them. And I think that Mirshart has the potential to tough out that top position, to reverse position, to get on top himself and to use his superior jiu-jitsu skill to outgrapple Chimaev. It's going to be a tough road. It's going to be a, a sweaty bet in my opinion if you're betting Mearshart because ultimately I do think he comes out, gets taken out and starts losing. But if I were looking to bet Mearshart here, I would look to wait to live bet to halfway through round one after round one. And if Mearshart is still in there, he's still hanging tough and Chimaev maybe looks like he's slowing down, that'd be a great time to slam that Mearshart line. And I don't think I'm going to go heavy on Mearshart before the fight. I think I might go a half a unit on Mearshart at plus 300 because I do think there's a small chance that Mearshart maybe outgrapples Chimaev in round one. Maybe Mearshart comes out and gets an early takedown. Maybe Mearshart reverses early and there's a chance that Mearshart starts leading the fight early. Um, I don't think that happens. I think it's much more likely that Chimaev starts winning the fight early. And um, that's why I'm going to advise not going too heavily in terms of Mearshart's pre-fight money line. But I want you guys to ask yourself, if Chemayev was making his UFC debut versus Mearshart here, what would the odds be for this fight? Would Chemayev might be a small favorite, maybe even a small underdog. But the fact that Chemayev got two completely easy softball fights in the UFC, he's now a minus 400 favorite against a tested, proven guy like Mearshart. And I just think that's way off. I think there's a lot of hype built into this money line, and it's a clear dogger pass in terms of money line. Look to live bet Mearshart in this one halfway through round one at the end of round one. I'm rooting for Mearshart hard in this one. I think it would be great for him to pull off this upset. I'm a huge fan of GM3. If you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you know that. And I would love to see this hype train get derailed here. But in terms of an official prediction, I am going to go with Chimaev round two TKO. I just don't trust Mearshart enough to do the right things in this fight. I, you know, the the grappling that he showed in the the Kevin Holland fight, it was just too sloppy. It was back and forth, sloppy grappling. And even when he had good positions on Holland in that fight, he lost them and he was gassing out in that fight. It was just a bad performance. And I think Mearshart has put in a lot of good performances throughout his recent fights uh like the anders fight in my opinion he won that he had a great performance over deron win finished him in that fight and if we could trust that that Mearshart to come in here and to stuff takedowns to avoid being on his back at all costs and to keep this fight striking i would trust him because i think he's the better striker than chemayev i think that if the fight stays in the feet we will see Mearshart outstrike chemayev but i just can't trust Mearshart to stop that takedown so i think i've said enough about the fight i'm cheering for Mearshart, but ultimately picking chemayev have around two TKO, dogger pass, and look a lot bet Mearshart. That's my final thoughts. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Donald Cerrone taking on Nico Price. The opening betting line for this one was Price minus 130 to Cerrone plus 110. Right now we are seeing Price minus 150 to Cerrone plus 140. More action coming in on the favorite Nico Price, and I understand why. I think Cerrone uh, might get a little disrespected by the betters in his past few fights. I think people are thinking that he's shot, that he's done. I agree that he's on the, the decline. He's definitely not the fighter he once was, but he's still got a lot of skill left. And I still think this is a very close matchup, uh, despite Price seeming like he has a lot of advantages. The only advantages I think that Price has in this fight are durability and power. I think that Cerrone has him beat pretty much everywhere else. Uh, offensive and defensive grappling, probably cardio and output, and definitely striking technique and defense as well. I think you can predict this fight pretty well by watching their both most recent fights. Cerrone fought Anthony Pettis. Very close fight, but in my opinion, he was outboxed in rounds one and two of that fight. He got stung with some punches in that fight. There were a lot of punches, maybe three to five punches that Pettis landed that stopped Cerrone in his tracks. It looked like it hurt Cerrone. 
and Pettis. Uh, and Cerrone were, were good friends. They kind of took it easy on each other in that fight. They were touching fists a lot in that fight. Very friendly affair. I don't think the Nico Price is going to have that same type of fight. I think if Price lands punches that stun Cerrone, he's going to go for the kill. He's an extremely aggressive, high output, uh, powerful striker. And, you know, Price is just so much fun to watch. I mean, Cerrone, a legend, has always been fun to watch as well. This fight has fireworks written all over it. And I don't think it's going to be boring any under circumstance. Maybe if Price gets a quick knockout, it won't be too satisfying. But I think we're going to see some really fun and competitive exchanges in this one. And it really depends on if Cerrone can fight at the right range. Because if Cerrone can try to get uh, keep this fight at kicking range, at distance where he can use his body kicks, his leg kicks, his long knees, I think he has a good chance to win the distance striking here but if it gets into that pocket that punching range i think that we're gonna see nico price have a big power advantage when he lands punches here so predicting how this fight will go early, I do think that Nico Price probably gets out to an early lead. I think he's going to be landing some punches that sting Cerrone and has a great chance at landing an early knockout. But if the fight goes past the 7 or 8 minute mark and gets into the second half of the fight, I would start to favor Donald Cerrone. That's when he can start to make reads. He can make adjustments. That's what he did versus Pettis. He was getting outboxed in rounds 1 and 2. He started kicking a lot more, landed a big head kick in round 3, came back in to win round 3. Solid output in cardio in round three from Cerrone, and he's just much more proven in those long fights, the three-round fights, the five-round fights. And Nico Price has actually only been in round three one time in his UFC career in his most recent fight against Vincente Luque. I will say that his cardio looks solid. He had high output in round three. He was winning round three before getting dropped with the left hook and eventually getting the fight stopped due to a doctor stoppage. But for that being the longest fight of Nico Price's UFC career, I thought he fought tremendously well. He, that was a rematch. He got dominated the first fight from Luque and came back to make some good adjustments, looked very sharp in that rematch. And I mean, Price is just so durable. He could take so many big shots. It's so hard to finish him and he just doesn't take a backward step ever and I see it being very hard for Cerrone to get respect back from Price and I just think there's going to be a big difference in impact when these two are exchanging and I think this Price is just going to land the harder shots so I think my official prediction is going to be Price by knockout but honestly I could see Price winning a decision here I could see Price winning rounds one and two based on his boxing and based on landing the harder shots and then kind of a similar story to the the Pettis fight where Cerrone makes adjustments and wins round three but ultimately loses a close decision so the official prediction is going to be priced by round two knockout and I think that at minus 150 there is some value on price I would cap him closer to minus 200 here because I think the early fight just favors him way more and if you bet uh, price before the fight and he's looking to slow down a little bit and he's a massive favorite look to live bet Cerrone I mean I think this is a good live betting spot if Cerrone survives that early onslaught from Price so the pick Price round two knockout no action on this fight yet but Price money line I think there's some value there the next fight is the main event of the evening in the welterweight division. We have Colby Covington taking on Tyron Woodley. The opening betting line for this fight was Covington minus 252, Woodley plus 210. Right now we are seeing Covington minus 310 to Woodley plus 280. More action coming in on the favorite Colby Covington in this one, and I understand why. It mostly stems from Woodley just looking very bad in his past two fights. I mean, I think he's lost about 10 rounds in a row. He was the champion, undisputed champ, defended his belt a few times, got dominated by Usman, got dominated by Burns, and now he's a plus 300 underdog basically to Colby Covington. It's crazy how fast things change. But to be honest, right now, I think the money line is pretty accurate. I would cap Colby at around 75% here. He has the much higher output on the feet. He's the better, or I wouldn't say better wrestler, but the more effective wrestler of the two. He attempts more takedowns. He has an incredible gas tank. Woodley can't wrestle that much because his gas tank can't sustain it. He's so muscular and just doesn't have great cardio when he wrestles. But Colby's the opposite. He's lean. He's very active. He can throw 500 strikes a, a fight. He can attempt 20 takedowns a fight, and he won't even be tired in round five. That's just Colby how he is. He's got an incredible gas tank. So in the striking here, there should be a huge volume disparity for Colby Covington. He's just a much more active striker, and output is really Tyron Woodley's biggest problem. He backs himself up to the cage. He 
circles and doesn't throw anything he winds up that right hand and never throws it and in his past two fights i mean he was getting dominated in those fights and just never pulled the trigger never went aggressive never really strung any combinations together it seems like he's just out of ideas sometimes in the fight and is just content to lose to back up and to just not get finished in these fights and that really might happen here. Colby might put Woodley on the back foot, might start outstriking him, taking him down, grinding him out, and Woodley could just be done. Woodley could be finished. He's definitely on the decline of his career, but I mean, he could be completely shot in this fight. So that's why I don't like Woodley money line in this one because Woodley has no chance to win a decision, in my opinion. He just doesn't have the volume to do so. I don't think he has the wrestling or the top game to take down and hold down Colby Covington, but it'll be interesting to see how these wrestling exchanges go. So the way I see Tyron Woodley winning the fight is by knockout. So if you want to play Tyron Woodley, bet him by knockout at plus 500. And I think that's good, good odds, honestly. I saw Woodley by knockout plus 500 and Woodley round one, two, or three plus 500. So that's the way Woodley wins the fight. He's either going to win by round one, two, or three knockout or likely get dominated to a decision here. That's just the only two outcomes I can see for the fight. So my official prediction is going to be Colby to avoid that right hand, uh, to land more strikes, to grind him out against the cage, to hit takedowns, keep some top position. Uh, not going to keep top much because uh, Woodley's hard to hold down and Colby doesn't have a great top game, but I just think Colby wins the fight in typical Colby Covington fashion, grinding against the cage, a lot of cage pushing and clinching, and just being the more physical grinding athlete here. I did hear an interview with Colby Covington too where he said that I'm not going to be throwing out as much output as I typically do because I respect Woodley. I respect the power in the right hand. I have to be aware of that right hand at all times. And that's great to hear. You know, Colby Covington's got a really annoying personality and, and, character that he does but when the guy breaks that character and talks i mean i still think he's an intelligent guy an intelligent fighter and it, it proved in that clip it sounded like he was very realistic with his chances to win the fight he said that he's not looking at the odds in this one he doesn't think the odds are accurate it sounded like he was honestly giving woodley a little bit credit he was maybe saying that woodley is value um but that was a good interview to hear from Colby. He sounded very calculated coming off of that uh, recent loss to Usman. Um, I will say, though, that Colby Covington did get hit a lot versus Usman. He had a lot of right hands, a lot of punches to the body. And if Woodley throws volume, if he throws 50 right hands, if he puts up striking numbers, I think he can make this fight really competitive on the feet, possibly even hurt and knock out Colby Covington somewhere along the way. I just can't trust Woodley to do so with what I've seen from him in his past 10 rounds of fighting. So small chance for Woodley in that round one, two, or three knockout, but the most likely outcome is a dominant Colby Covington decision. So the official prediction for me is Colby Covington by 49-46 decision. And I think that if you want to play Colby, I would go by uh, round four or five decision if you have that prop maybe just Kobe by decision as a as a prop because I don't think he wins the way the fight outside of knockout or submission I think it's going to be by decision so Kobe decision or Tyron knockout are the way to play this fight Kobe decision is the pick and that's going to do it for this podcast I analyzed all 14 fights. I gave some bets out. Um, not too much action locked in for this card, but I will update all of my official bets on my Bet MMA Tips page. Again, last week was a losing week, but we're going to look to get right back on track this week. So look on my Bet MMA page to find all my official bets. It's in my Twitter, the YouTube description, and on the Bet MMA website. So thank you all for listening. I will see you all next week before UFC 253. Peace.